0: frenzy the nothing personal bonus pod word of the day a frenzy of activity in major league baseball i hope you enjoyed the end of month mailbag bonus pod that came out this morning friday october 30th day before coca's birthday day before halloween i don't know if people can trick or treat by the way Coca is currently celebrating his birthday. I'm here with Mikey. Mikey, are people allowed to trick-or-treat? I don't even know what the rules are with COVID. But either way, it has been a frenzy of baseball activity, so I didn't want to leave the mailbag as the only thing to listen to today. Thank you for listening and downloading, subscribing, telling your friends. We got some baseball to talk about. So many things. I mean, not so many. We have three things. What order should we do it? We've got the Mets being sold to Steve Cohn. It's approved. We've got Tony LaRussa, the almost octogenarian, being hired by the Chicago White Sox, who are owned by another octogenarian. Look it up, Mikey. And three, AJ Grinch has been hired by the Detroit Tigers. I mean, I, sorry, cut that. Three, two, five. AJ Hinch has been hired by the Detroit Tigers. It's a frenzy. Let's start. Let's start at the top. Let's start in the Northeast. Let's start with Steve Cohn. What's the excitement that Met fans feel now? We have a guy at uh, CBS Sports HQ. I think he's a producer. His name is Scott Riley. We have another producer. His name is Jack. And I'm not giving his last name because I don't think I can pronounce it. Is it Sorry, Jack. I just know you as Jack, a great producer. Huge Mets fans. They're everywhere, and they all feel as though that the Wilpons have been bad owners, and they believe that having Steve Cohn as their owner is the answer to all of their prayers. They looked up in the sky and they said, "Give me a billionaire." Well, you had one. What they meant to say is, "Give me a billionaire who spends money." Well, you had one. Maybe what you meant to say is, "Give me a billionaire who spends money correctly." Hmm, interesting. Did they spend badly? Was signing Jacob Degrom a mistake? I think it was done too early, not a mistake. Was signing Cespedes a mistake? Nah, eh, probably because he's injury prone and you need to go long term with him. Was letting Justin Turner go a mistake? Come on, Mets fans. Every team makes a ton of mistakes. Take a look at every roster, including your own roster. There's plenty of players you have who did not perform for another team and then performed for you. And the other team is saying to themselves, man, what a mistake we made. That's not how you judge an owner or a GM or a manager. How will Steve Cohn manage as an owner? Well, the first thing he's going to do is very clear. Attention, Brody Van Wagenen please update your resume immediately. You may want to have a gap in the resume. You may want to go from being an agent to being a free agent. You may want to skip the whole GM thing because this was not a really a run that works, right? I don't think, I think when people look back on Brody Van Wagen as a general manager, I think they'll say it was a great attempt by the Wilpons because he's not, a dumb guy. Brody's a very smart guy. But I think people misunderstand agents, especially. They don't know what it is to run a team. And you know, I've heard you've talked about, uh, you've heard me talk about Scott Boris. Agents don't know what we do for a living. So Brody came in and now he's gone. So the first thing that Steve Cohen has to do is hire a really good GM. But it seems as though he's bringing back Sandy Alderson. Is that a problem? Are you nervous about that, Mets fans? Don't be nervous. Sandy Alderson is being brought in to be the quote-unquote team president. What's frustrating is that while S comes after A in the alphabet, I figured there'd be at least an opportunity for Cohn to see my resume before hiring Sandy. I mean, wouldn't you go through the entire stack of formerly employed 18-year Major League Baseball executives? I wonder, Mikey, you know what I just realized? I wonder if CBS got in the way of that because they're so happy with me and Coca and you doing nothing personal. Nah, I'm never leaving you guys, you know that. I'd never leave you, Mikey. Do you want to work for the Mets? Nah, I'm just kidding. We got stuff to do here at CBS and we got stuff to do with nothing personal. So Sandy Alderson is going to, uh, by the way, Mikey's in my ear. He's doing his best Coca imitation. He just said, I'm good with the Mets. I'll go work with the Mets. Let's go work with the Mets. Mikey, do you know how lucky we are to be at CBS and CBS Sports and CBS Sports HQ? People would line up to work with us, for us, against us. Many people who take jobs in sports end up not liking it, and it ruins their life as a fan. So don't join a sports team for work if you're a fan. Trust me. So Sandy Alderson is going to be brought in. I don't know what they're going to call him, team president, special advisor to the owner, chief, Wahoo. I don't know. He'll get a title, but he's going to need to hire someone to run the business. And their first order of business is going to be to hire someone to run the baseball business. So once they hire a GM, the question will be, do they go young Ivy League analytic? Do they go more old school? Do they go combo? Well, it says here that they'd be very smart to hire Mike Hill Mike Hill is a free agent general manager, president of baseball operations, who has the unique ability to use analytics and use his eyes, his ears, his heart, and his brain. So they need a smart guy in that position. And then they got to decide what to do with Louie Rojas, the manager of the Mets. I think that you would probably don't get rid of Rojas right now. I think that you wait. I don't know that you need to sign a high price manager at the moment. We don't know what 2021 is going to look like. I think that as a minority manager, you don't want to fire a minority manager if you don't need to. I think Rojas starts the next season, but he starts it with a pretty short, what's it called? A short string? Leash. A short leash is what I think Rojas will have. But now let's talk about players and money. So there's a lot of rumors going around that Steve Cohn is now with the approval of the Mets. And by the way, all of the New York Post back page BS about Mayor Bill de Blasio stopping the Mets transaction. Can I tell you what happened? And I tweeted about it at David P. Sampson and people didn't understand what I was saying, which unfortunately happens way too much because I try to be funny or clever or different. But I guess I shouldn't be. Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez wanted to own the Mets. They believe that they would be better owners than Steve Cohn. They believe that in a fair, neutral negotiation, they would win. What they don't realize is they never had a chance. Steve Cohn was going to outbid them by a dollar. And if A-Rod came back and went up a dollar, Steve Cohn would go up two dollars. They go back and forth, back and forth, the way Peter Angelos did with Jeffrey Loria when Peter Angelos bought the Baltimore Orioles at bankruptcy auction in 1993. 160 million, 161, 162. Can you believe how low the numbers were back then? He ended up buying the Orioles for, I think, 172 million or 173 million when Jeffrey decided he wasn't going to bid anymore because the team wasn't worth that then. Of course, it's worth, worth way more than that right now, although we all did just fine with the Expos and the Marlins. Mikey, I have no idea what I was talking about when I went off on, oh, the auction, A-Rod. So A-Rod calls up Bill de Blasio and says, listen, if you stop the transaction from happening, then I will let you have front row seats to J-Lo's next concert, a backstage pass, and you can come over and we'll cook you dinner. Now, here's all you have to do, Mayor Bill. All you have to do is say that you are not approving Steve Cohn as the owner of the Mets because Steve Cohn is a person of ill repute. Steve Cohn is a felonious man. Steve Cohn ran a company that got fined for insider trading. Steve Cohn is not the guy we want owning our Mets team. That's what Blasio, all the Blasio had to do was say that. Except that's what A-Rod told him to say. And then Bill de Blasio's lawyer said, listen, Billy boy, ignore A-Rod and J-Lo. Even if you get a call from Mark Anthony, it doesn't matter. You don't have one toe to stand on. Forget a foot and God knows we're not talking a leg. So Bill de Blasio approved the transaction. The owners get into a meeting. Jerry Reinsdorf leads the charge. I vote no. We're going to talk about Reinsdorf later in his new hire and his new desire to change baseball. I love you, Jerry. I love you, man. I really do, actually. Jerry Reinsdorf happens to be a great guy. He's just a little curmudgeonly at the moment. So he's voting no against Steve Cohn. He gets a few other owners to vote no. The reason they vote no is they don't want an owner Who in the financial business was convicted, or his company was convicted, and certain of his employees were convicted of wrongdoing. They don't want an owner's going to come in and spend like drunken, like a drunken sailor, as I like to say, because it makes them look bad. And owners, if they're consistent, know one thing. They don't like to look bad. But of course, you need eight owners to vote no. There was no chance that was going to happen. Rob Manford, the commissioner, before putting this to a vote today, knew exactly that the outcome would be favorable towards Steve Cohn. They all get on a Zoom call. They give Fred Wilpon a standing ovation. Although I guess it's sitting. If you stand up, you're not on camera anymore. So it looks sort of something like this. Although I think this is just audio, so you can't see what I was doing. But I'm sitting down and clapping. Then Steve Cohn is welcomed. He gets an ovation. And then Bud Selig, he always used to say this. This is a funny Bud Selig little nugget here. When a new owner gets announced, that owner gets an ovation. And Bud Selig would always say to that owner, enjoy it. That's the last ovation you'll ever get. Well, he's not right. Because the other time you get an ovation is when you're announced as having won the World Series. So the first owners meeting after a World Series, and it would have happened today because today was an owners meeting they would say, Bud Selig, when he was commissioner, now Rob Manford, would say, hey, uh, congratulations to all of you for a very successful season. And especially, I want to congratulate the Los Angeles Dodgers for winning the World Series in an exciting six games. And here's what owners do. That's it. It's not a real ovation because they're so pissed off that they didn't win, that there's no way they're happy for the other owner. No matter what they say, they're despondent about it, but you have to give a bit of a clap so it looks as though there's respect and admiration and general genuflecting, but really there's misery and waiting for next year to happen. So those are the times and those are the ovations that happened. So Bill de Blasio knows this is a fait accompli, knows it's going to happen. So he ends up just releasing a a ridiculous statement saying the New York City Law Department has completed its legal review of the proposed sale of the Mets. New York City has no objections and the Mets can now proceed with the transaction. Do you realize the insanity of that? The self-importance of that tweet or statement? My name's Bill de Blasio and you may now proceed with the $2.4 billion transaction. I give you my blessing. I have come down to put my hand on your head and say, Steve, I bless you. I don't recall Steve sneezing. Do you, Mr. Mayor? So Steve Cohn, billionaire, everyone's saying he's worth 14.1 billion, becomes the richest owner that means he can afford to lose any amount of money if you're a Mets fan. You're going to lose 100, lose 100. You're going to lose 200, lose 200. Just sign everybody. I want a team of 30 all-stars, 30 long-term deals. Get me Trevor Bauer. Get me JT Realmuto. Get me George Springer. Match Grom with Springer. Syndergaard has a chance to come back. Match DeGrom with Bauer. Put Springer in the outfield. They already got rid of Wilson Ramos and any other catchers. You bring in J.T. Remeners, just sign them all. Steve Cohn budgeted to lose money in 21 and 22. He got a discount on the Mets sale, but he's not spending fewer dollars. He had a deal to buy the Mets for $2.6 billion. Now he paid around two point four. He's not taking that 200 to buy a Picasso. He owns it. He's not taking it to buy a Rothko. Got that. Maybe a Giacometti sculpture? Nah, I think he's got that. Roy Lichtenstein. No. Nope. How about a yacht? That's the blue dream. How about that? No. Nope. Got it. All right. I'm going to take that $200 million and put it into operating losses. Except that doesn't mean they're going to have a payroll that skyrockets because the team loses money even with the payroll where it is because of no fans. And don't forget a little nugget here, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Steve Cohn does not own SNY, which is the regional network That was owned in part by the Wilpons that is profitable that the Wilpons were using that profit to help fund the losses. Steve Cohn does not own SNY. That was not part of the deal. The Wilpons still own part of SNY. So Steve Cohn has a regular TV deal like the Marlins had. He'll get a rights fee check every month like the Marlins did. This is not all doom and gloom, Jack and Scott and all of you bedeviled Mets fans. Steve Cohen's going to be a good owner. Don't you worry. And Mikey and Coca, pack your bags, baby. It's Halloween. All right. Just when I thought that'd be the only news for the bonus pod, something else happened. Alex Avila is the general manager for the Detroit Tigers. Alex Avila, except I don't think that I just blank on his name. I think it's Alex Avila. I've met him a thousand times. He worked for the Marlins. Alex Avila has a son who's also a catcher whose name is also Alex Avila, but I think it ends with Junior. Mikey, am I completely losing my mind? Is it Alex Avila who's the GM of the Tigers? I am only 52. And my brain is mush on a random Friday, October 30th, 2020, after the most insane long month of work. So the Detroit Tigers have an owner named Chris Illich. Chris Illich is the son of Mike Illich. Mike Illich was the founder of Little Caesars. It's Al Avila. What did I call him? Al Avila is the GM. I think I called him Al. Did I call him Alex? Anyway, it's Al Avila. So Mike Illich is the, founded a pizza place called Little Caesars. I don't know if you've heard of it. I think that's the one that's Pizza Pizza. That's the Illich family. So Mike Illich was old, and he wanted to win a World Series. He hired Dave Dombrowski to be the GM. They signed a bunch of players, and they didn't win. They made it to the World Series, as you may recall, but they didn't win. They signed Miguel Cabrera to a huge, huge extension that is paying Miguel about $30 million a year, and he's not even worth $5 million anymore. And this is me talking about maybe the best player who ever played for a team that I was the president of. But he's just – that was 17 years ago. So the Tigers have had a problem, so they decided that they needed a manager who was going to help solve their problems. The World Series ends on a random Tuesday night, and word has it that Al Avila called up A.J. Hinch, the erstwhile manager of the Houston Astros, and said, hey, do you want to come to Detroit and interview? And A.J. Hinch said, well, my year-long suspension just ended when Julio Urias went one 2 three, in the top of the ninth and caught Adamas looking, I am now available. And I'm not going back to the Astros. They've got a manager. I can't do that. The White Sox, I thought I had a chance. We're going to get to that. But they hired my father. So therefore, I'm available because the Red Sox are definitely not hiring me. I'll come to Detroit. Avila says, please come to Detroit because I love That you're good at player personnel. I love that you can help our young kids, but also deal with our veterans. I love that you won in Houston. I'm not thrilled that you cheated and that you stole signs and that you were in charge of a team where all you did was take a bat to a TV screen in your dugout that was showing the signs. You could have done a lot more. But listen, my job is to get an extension as the GM, my job is to win so the team owner keeps paying me. And the team owner has given me carte blanche to bring back anyone. Morals be damned, ironically given the politics of Chris's father. But all of that said, what matters most to the Illiches is getting a ring for their dad. And I agree. I want the Tigers to win a World Series. I think it'd be great. To look past what AJ Hinch did and be totally dismissive of it. I'm in, I mean, do the same thing. It's not really a hot take. That's a warm take. It's a medium take. It's actually semi-cold where I am. And the reason is that owners and presidents do whatever they have to do to win games. That's what they care about. Let's not mince words. They will take on anybody, anybody who they think gives them a competitive advantage over another team in their division, another team in their league, and another team in baseball. There's certain third rail issues. Homophobia, misogyny, committing a felony, domestic violence. Sign stealing is not even in the first chapter of those offenses that would cause someone to be forever gone from baseball. Forgive and forget. He served his time. He did the crime. And now he gets to make another dime. Do you like that? I just made that up, Mikey. That totally rhymes. It wasn't a haiku. I was going for a haiku and rhyme. Will A.J. Hinch be the difference for the Tigers? No, because they have too much of their payroll tied up in Cabrera. They do have a good young team, a good young farm system with some really good prospects, both on the pitching side and the position player side. But unless they have a payroll of about a buck seventy. They will not be able to cover up for the fact that Cabrera is making as much as he's making. A.J. Hinch was definitely going to be hired. I think Alex Cora, the bench coach of the Astros, who became the manager of the Red Sox, who won a World Series with the Red Sox, who was fired by the Red Sox, who was suspended by baseball for a year, whose suspension is also up. Alex Cora will manage again in Major League Baseball. I guarantee it. Now, what you may not hear about A.J. Hinch is that his best friend works for the Tigers. Doesn't matter. Don't fall for that, folks. You know better at nothing personal. It had nothing to do with connections or who your friend was. This is all about a GM bringing in someone who he believes will help him continue to get paid and win more games. Now, that's not what I can say for the Chicago White Sox. The Chicago White Sox are a team in the American League Central, same division as the Detroit Tigers. The Minnesota Twins, the Cleveland Indians. They have a tremendous young core of players. Remember, they signed long term when he before he had played a game, Luis Robert, who had a great rookie year. He ended up moving down the lineup. He had some some slumps, but he is a the real deal. They have Lucas Giolito. They signed those bunch of free agents. Remember Gio Gonzalez and Dallas Keichel and Yasmani Grandal. Blah, blah, blah. They have old guys, they have young guys. They had a really good season. They totally faded at the end, as you recall. And dollars to donuts, Mikey. I have zero recollection who they lost to in the playoffs right now. I'm literally blanking. What was their seed? I think the Yankees and Indians played. The Rays and Blue Jays played. That would leave. Was it the White Sox twins? I can't remember. Mikey, are you on that? Just let me know before this pod is over so people don't have to Google it. Can you do that? And then whisper to me what the White Sox did this year. In any case, the White Sox fired their manager, Rick Renteria. And Rick Renteria is known, and we talked about nothing personal, as a really great guy. And he's managed a couple teams, including the Cubs and the White Sox. And anytime the team's ready to win, he tends to get fired. And the White Sox feel as though they're in a position where they're ready to win. So Renteria gets fired. And this was all part of the plan. Jerry Reinstorf, the owner of the White Sox, knew exactly what he was doing when he got rid of Rick Renteria. He knew that Tony LaRusso was going to be the manager of his team. He didn't care what anyone thought about Tony LaRusso. He didn't care about what anyone thought about Tony LaRusso's age. He's 76. He didn't care about having to interview minority candidates or not. He wanted Tony LaRusso. Why? Because for him, he always regretted firing Tony La Russa back in 1986, and he felt this was not just him making amends, but this was a perfect way to go full circle in his ownership of the White Sox. And from his standpoint, he is in the eighth inning. Now, that's not to say that I'm hoping his game ends, but he's not a young guy, Jerry Reinstorf. He's older than La Russa, for crying out loud. So he brought in La Russa, and he's getting torched. There's rumors that Rick Hahn, the GM, was not in favor of LaRusso being hired. There's rumors that Kenny Williams was not in favor of LaRusso being hired. What Jerry Reinsdorf needed to do that he has not done yet is stand up and be Jerry Jones instead of Jerry Reinsdorf. Be George Steinbrenner instead of Jerry Reinsdorf. Get in front of your microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jerry Reinsdorf. I'd like you to look at your left hand and look at five rings. Then look at your right hand. Look at two rings, one basketball, one baseball. That's a total of seven rings that I've given to you, Chicago. I own the Chicago Bulls, and I own the Chicago White Sox. And I want Tony La Russa as the manager, and that's all that matters. I will keep being a good community partner. I will keep signing young players to long-term deals. I will keep sprinkling our payroll with some veteran presence. But I want to go into the clubhouse before and after each and every game, and I want to sit in the manager's office, and I want to talk about old times. I want to talk about older times. I want to talk about the best of times. And it's my decision. I hope you're on board, but guess what? Either way, I want to win as badly or more badly than you do, because my middle finger doesn't have a second ring. Look at it. Look at my middle finger. I've got seven. I want eight, and I'm going to try it with Tony. So for all the people who are concerned that Tony Larusa doesn't use analytics or that he's so old school that'll need a walker to go to the mound to make a pitching change, I served on a bunch of committees with Tony Larusa. He's all there. He doesn't have one ounce of dementia. He doesn't have one ounce of a slow step. What he does have is an ounce of, and an aura of, actually it's more like a gallon of self-importance and ego. He is not going to take kindly to front office involvement in lineups. He's not going to take kindly to anybody telling him when to take out Blake Snell. He's not going to take kindly in any way to anything other than what he wants to do. And my gut tells me, that he will be a perfect manager, literally a perfect manager for the Chicago White Sox. Now, will that result, and this is what you need to be asking yourself if you're a White Sox fan, will that result in their ability to possibly catch Cleveland or Minnesota? They ended up tied with Cleveland this year, one game back of Minnesota. Is it possible that it's enough? They're going to need no sophomore slumps from their young players. They're going to need their veterans to be able to come back and still perform. And they're going to need to play out over a full 162-game season because where Tony La Russa differentiates himself is that he's really good at managing. And really good managers can only make a difference in a small number of games. And the more games you play, the better opportunity there is for a manager who actually gets to manage to make a difference. It's not like a football coach where your NFL coach is doing the game plan. Let's face it, an NFL coach is the most important coach there is of any sport. Then you've got an NBA head coach. And I think third is MLB manager, maybe fourth behind NHL, maybe fifth behind MLS. Because managers, it's so dictated to them. And it's so let let me just say that uh, managers do a lot more work off the field than they do on the field. There's a lot of politics involved. There's a lot of politics in the clubhouse. There's a lot of politics in the front office, a lot of politics managing up and down. Tony La Russa is really good at all of that. He's got the support of his owner, which is the only thing that matters. When you have that, you can take chances. You can use your gut. You can use your eyes, because no matter how pissed off your GM gets at you for not doing what you were supposed to do, the GM will not have the ability to fire you. So Tony La Russa, you did a smart thing. You hitched your wagon to an owner. It's way smarter to do that than hitching your wagon to a GM. So White Sox fans, you've got a new manager. Tiger fans, you have a new manager. Mets fans, you have a new owner. Which of those three teams will benefit the most by their new acquisition? and higher. That's a straight wait to see. Wait a minute. I have to end. Don't I have to end it with my, I have to say that thing, Mikey, don't I? If Coco were here, he'd be screaming at you right now. So I was supposed to end it with, Steve Cohn looked right at the other owners and said, I knew that you would choose me over A-Rod, even though it would be super cool to have A-Rod and J-Lo in your owner's meetings. But I got news for you. I had an advantage the whole time because I know every one of you MLB owners. And for you, no matter what, it's always business. It's nothing personal.